You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, good morning. Welcome to church this morning, everybody. Welcome to the 11 a.m. service. So good to have you joining with us today, wherever you are joining in from, whether it's one of our campuses, uh, whether you're in from a watch party, or you're hanging out at home by yourself, or maybe you are sitting in bed in your jammies, having a cup of tea, and you're streaming into the service. It doesn't matter. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being part of it. Pray God blesses you and speaks to you today um, in our service. This is all going to plan the final Sunday where we are all going to be online. Next week we are back in church. We've got in-person services happening at every one of our campus locations. So registrations are live right now. You can go onto our website and register for the service you want to attend. Uh, we still have gathering restrictions under the red light level, uh, but that's okay. We're going to still get back into church. So go register at your campus uh, and join us in person next week. We're still going to be streaming online at 9 and 11, so don't worry. If you cannot get in or if you still can't make it, we're still going to be having our online church. So all going to plan. We'll be back next uh, Sunday. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Can't wait for that. Also, as as a part of next week's service, we're beginning a brand new ser- uh, series called The Journey to the Cross. This is going to take us all the way up to Easter, just following Jesus' journey towards the cross. And uh, our, my prayer is that this will form us and shape us as we go on this journey all the way up to Easter. I know it's going to be a powerful time, so don't miss it. Tune in. It's going to be really, really good. All right, let's go to the book of Acts chapter 15. If you have a Bible, get it out. Acts chapter 15. If you've got the Elam app, all the notes are there, and they're also going to come up in the chat. Just for a little bit of context, the book of Acts is written post uh, Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven, and it's the beginning of the expansion of the church and the gospel spreading and churches being planted and the apostles working. It's an amazing, amazing book. I encourage you to read it. And we pick up our story here in Acts chapter 15. We meet a couple of uh, people named Paul and Barnabas and a little bit of an interaction that happened with them. Says this, so sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them, but Paul did not think it was wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued the work with them. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left. Commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord, he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the the churches. Today's message is titled, Disagreements, Disputes, and Beautiful Truth. I want to pray for us today as we get into the Word. Lord, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for its forming power in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us to align our lives with it. And Father, I pray you bless this time we have together, every person tuning in, everyone watching, everyone who's a part of this amazing church. I pray your blessing be upon them. Help us, Lord, to be more like you through this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, I don't know, church, if you've noticed, but I've certainly noticed that there is no place out there that is wilder than the world of the online comments section. Uh, The online comment section is the new Wild West. It is outrageous. It doesn't matter what you post, someone out there is going to disagree. Someone out there is going to dispute it. There's going to be someone with an opinion that throws it out. You could put something as innocent and as benign as thinking of getting a puppy, 
up in your Facebook or up online. And just wait, within a few moments, maybe even a few hours, someone's gonna come on and they'll say something along the lines of, so what you're really saying is that you hate cats. And, and by the way, you forgot to mention guinea pigs, your silence on them is totally deafening. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy, the world of the online comments. And I, I, for one, I don't like to engage in it. I think there's no worse place on the world for debate or for engaging on issues than online comment sections. But I am partial to sitting there, scrolling those comments with my bowl of popcorn and just in, enjoying the entertainment that is the online uh, comment section. But you know, I'm noticing that we we live in a world full of disagreement and dispute and my concern is that as Christians we can get sucked in to uh, um, encountering and engaging with disagreement and dispute in an unhealthy way. In fact, we could even begin to view disagreement as something totally negative and view that um, and have a misunderstanding of what that really means. And so as the church and as Christians, uh, as followers of Jesus, we've got to know that we're never going to agree all the time. We're going to have disagreements. There's going to be dispute. There's going to be things that we don't all always see eye to eye on. The question is, how do we handle that? And I want to take a look at this passage we just read in the book of Acts with these two people, Paul and Barnabas. See, these guys are friends. They have been on a ministry journey together. They've been preaching the word of God. They have been spreading the gospel. They've been building and planting churches together. And they have this conversation about going and visiting the churches they've been to and checking in on them, making sure they're good, strengthening them along the way. And all of a sudden, in the midst of that conversation, boom, there's a disagreement about whether to bring a person a certain person with them and the Bible says they had such a sharp disagreement such a pointed disagreement such a cutting disagreement such a, a disagreement that was so big that it caused them to part company and go their own ways and what I want to do today is pull out three observations that I make in this passage and my prayer is that it would help you and I navigate disputes and disagreements that we come up against and we find ourselves in both in the body of Christ and within the church and outside and in the midst of our disputes and disagreements that we would find God's beautiful truth in the middle of it all. My first observation I see is this. The disagreement reveals grace and truth. A couple of years ago, oh, no, sorry, a couple of years ago, last year we moved into a new house and um, it, was, it's, it was great. We we're so thankful for it. And uh, Bex, after three days, Bex went out with Judah one evening to do something. I don't know what they were doing. They just went out. So I was left in charge of the house and of our youngest son, Rocky. And I was sitting down to have some dinner. Rocky said, Dad, can I have a bath? We didn't have a bath in our old house. And so I was like, yeah, man, you can have a bath. And he was old enough that he knew how to do it. He knew how to run the bath. He knew what he was up to. And, and so I just kind of left him to it. And uh, I was eating some dinner and I may have got a little bit distracted. And um, what seemed like only a small amount of time had passed, but apparently it was a longer bit of time. And I started to hear this kind of tapping noise coming from our garage. And I'm thinking, what's that tapping noise? And pretty quickly after the tapping noise was followed the voice of young Rocky running down the stairs going, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. And I'm like, what, 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 what is oh no? And he says, dad, 
the bath. I'm like, the bath. And so I run down the hall into the garage and the tapping noise is a cascade of water coming through the light fittings, coming through the ceiling. It's just, for, that's the tapping noise. So I run upstairs to the bath. There's the bath. It is over flood. It is, there's, there's water. It's like Noah's flood. There's just water everywhere. I reach in and pull the plug out and the water starts draining, which takes forever. I'm like, get towels, get towels. I'm grabbing towels. I'm grabbing every hand towel, every bath towel, every bath mat. I'm grabbing the dog. I'm sopping up water with the dog. I'm like, it's just absolutely crazy and chaotic. And in the midst of the chaos of the moment, I can hear Rocky, little Rocky in his room. And he's saying this, I can hear him say this. I'm such a terrible kid. I'm a terrible kid. Oh man, I'm a terrible kid. I'm a terrible kid. And I'm dealing with the water. I'm like, I'm going to have to deal with that in a minute, but I'm dealing with the water. I kind of get that semi under control and I'm also thinking in my head, Bex is coming home soon. So I got to deal with that as well when that shows up in the door. And, and so I go into Rocky's room and he's going, Dad, I'm a terrible kid. I'm a terrible kid. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. And I said, I looked at him and I said, buddy, look, you made a mistake. And some might argue that I also made a mistake by trusting an eight-year-old to fill a bath unsupervised, but that's, that's neither here nor there. That's a whole nother conversation and I'll, I'll choose to leave that in the hands of the Lord. But I... You know, I, I took him by the shoulders and said, buddy, you made a mistake, but that's not who you are. See, in that moment, I was able to reveal both grace and truth to him. Like the truth is, hey, we made a mistake. It's bad. Yeah, it's bad. It's not good. It's really not good. But the, the truth is, that, that's the truth. They made a mistake. But grace is, but that's not who you are. It's just a mistake. And you're a good person. You're a good kid. And I believe in this story that we see a revelation of grace and truth. See, Paul and Barnabas, uh, so, so like Mark has let Paul and Barnabas down before. So he's, take, he's been on a journey with them before and he abandoned them, the Bible says. In the middle of the work, he abandoned the work and he left them to it. And so Paul is like, we can't trust this guy. Why would we take him again? He's, he's, a, he's a bad dude, man. He let us down. This is, he, he, he abandoned us. He hurt us. We, we put out, we like reached out and we believed in him. And he's like, that's wounded me. And like, if we bring him along the journey, he'll probably do it again true like true that's true all those things are true but uh, like Paul is speaking truth in this matter but then Barnabas is like let's give him another go like I know he let us down but but I believe in this guy and maybe it's what he did but that's not who he is and so Barnabas extends grace and Paul extends truth and in my own dealings with people and I've had many years of dealings with people wisdom tells me that if someone let me down they'll probably let me down again but my experience also tells me that those that I offer, uh, uh, those who do let me down, if given a second chance, can often become a phenomenal blessing and advantage uh, in my life. And they can come out and come out gold at the end of it all if I just extend to them a second chance. So who's right? Whose response is right in this moment? Is Paul right? Is Barnabas right? They're kind of both right. But the reality is, and I believe that together they're right. That actually it's not either one of them that's right on their own. I think collectively that they are right. See, I believe that in their parting company, 
we see the completeness of a revelation of the heart of God for people and the right answer to the problem of can we take Mark, we see a revelation of grace and truth expressed. Their parting company is the full expression of grace and truth to Mark. Paul is like, you made a mistake and there's consequences for it, but Barnabas is like, you made a mistake, but I've got grace for a second chance. We see the fullness, the collective response is the right response. And friends, for you and I, the challenge is in our disagreements and in our disputes that we come at them with a full measure of both grace and truth. Both grace and truth. The Bible says that Jesus was the fullness of grace and truth. And when we're having disagreements and when we're having disputes, too often we can either go strong on either end. We can either be all truth or we can be all grace. But when we have disagreements and we have disputes, our goal is to be a people full measure of grace and truth. And here's a question I want to ask, get you to ask yourself. If you find yourself in a disagreement right now, ask this. In my disagreements, am I showing an equal measure of grace and truth? If I'm disagreeing with somebody on something, am I showing them an equal measure of grace and truth? The second thing I see in this passage is this. Number two, the disagreement doesn't distract. It doesn't distract. I'm the king of getting distracted, and uh, as we can tell from the bath story, uh, I get distracted quite easily uh, when things go on. I, get, I actually get distracted all the time. I'm dis- I get distracted uh, in meetings. I get distracted on the phone. I d- get distracted um, watching TV. I get distracted going somewhere. I get stra- distracted when I'm praying. Like I just get distracted all the time. If you don't believe me, ask my wife. I'm sure she will confirm and affirm that I am very easily distracted. I'm so easily distracted that I'm so aware of my own like propensity towards distraction that there will be multiple times in the day where I almost wake up from my distraction and go oh oh no it happened again like I just keep getting I need to get back on task just pray for me church that's all I need just need your prayers it's interesting to me uh, that with disagreements and disputes especially in church that they can easily become distractions in fact I've seen many times where a disagreement and a dispute actually becomes a roadblock to somebody's purpose. That out the tail end of a disagreement in church or with how things happen or way things are done, a disagreement out the tail end of that, we see a distraction from the call and the purpose of God upon people's lives. Where once you were going strong for God, now you've had a disagreement and that's now distracted you from what God had originally called you to. What I love about this account in the book of Acts is that um, for both Paul and Barnabas, even there was a, though there was a big disagreement, even though it was so sharp that they went their own ways, they both went with the same purpose. The disagreement didn't distract them from their mission. The disagreement didn't distract them from their purpose. Although they were in disagreement about this one thing, they were in agreement and unified in their purpose. See, disagreement and disunity are two different things. And I think recently we've been confusing the two, where if we disagree on something that there's disunity. One can certainly lead to the other one, but don't confuse disagreement with disunity. We can disagree on something, but still remain unified in our purpose, in our mission, and in the call of God. And the Bible says they, they went about strengthening the churches. 
Like they have this big disagreement, they part company and they go about their purpose, which is to strengthen the churches. They didn't go to the churches going, oh man, let me tell you about what happened with Barnabas. Like, let me air with everybody who will hear me all the disagreement and the drama and all the stuff that's there. They didn't go on this mission to other churches going, okay, guys, listen, Barnabas, we've had an issue. I wanna, I'm going to try and get people on my side to hear my side of the story and so that people agree with me and that people are on my side. All that would have done is weaken the church. That's disunity. That's weakening the church. No, no, they went about and the Bible says strengthening the churches. They may have had a disagreement, but it didn't distract them from the purpose and calling of God upon their lives. And friends, you've got to understand that in our church, we're never going to fully agree on everything. There is going to be disagreement. There is going to be dispute, but we cannot allow that to distract us from the essential truth and the essential calling that God has upon us as followers of Christ. The, the essential truths that there is a God who loves this world, who created this world, who sent his only son to a cross to pay the debt of our sin, that he is good and he has got life for people, that his word is good and his word is true. And our mandate and our job is to go and proclaim the gospel to all creation, reconciling the world back to him. God has called us for a mission and a purpose. Let's not get distracted. Here's a question that I'd love for you to ask if you find yourself in a disagreement. Here's the question. Have I let disagreement or dispute distract me from my purpose? Because what I've seen is that often the dispute can become your purpose. Have I let dispute distract me from my purpose? Here's my third thought. Ben, you guys can join me as well. Number three, the disagreement created opportunity. It created opportunity. Now listen, on the odd occasion, my wife and I will have a discussion. And um, you know, others might coin this, these things with a different name. They might say it's an argument. They might say it's a, a, a fierce disagreement. I mean, call it what you will. I like to call it a discussion. And I know you're much holier and more Christian than us, so you never have disagreements or arguments with your uh, spouse. But um, please just indulge me as I share and be a bit more vulnerable with you, church. I know you're much, much better at these things than I am. But although our discussions and our disagreements can often be maybe even a little bit painful, they can be hard, it can be hard work. It can be you know, even a little bit difficult at times to have those conversations. They most often result in an opportunity to grow, to know, to understand, to be better, to understand how my wife works and how she thinks and a place of mutual understanding to begin to understand who I am and the way I think and the way I tick and it's an opportunity to grow, to change, to be better, to learn. And I think often we look at disagreements as purely just a bad thing, like that's a bad thing. It's bad to have disagreements in relationships or in your small group or in a church. Shouldn't we all agree on everything? But my experience is that more often than not, those disagreements have been incredibly positive and have created opportunity to grow. They aren't all bad. They can create dialogue and conversation and growth and learning. And what we see in this account is that it was exactly this disagreement that created an opportunity for growth. Let me show you. 
So Paul and Barnabas were supposed to go on a journey with the two of them to go and strengthen churches that they had visited before. There's two of them on a journey together. The disagreement happens, and so Barnabas takes Mark, and they go on their journey, and then Paul chooses a guy called Silas, and they go on their journey. So what was two men on one journey is now four men on two journeys. There's a multiplication effect that's taken place because of a dispute. And so now more churches are getting visited, more people are getting strengthened, the gospel's being preached more, and a whole other level of leadership and preachers are being developed in Silas and Mark that would never have been developed if it was just Paul and Barnabas. And so, friends, I believe that if we stay faithful to the call of God, even in our disagreements, even in our disputes, if we approach all of them with grace and truth, with a measure of grace and truth, if we don't get distracted but stay on mission, keep the main thing the main thing, then our disagreements do not need to have a subtracting outcome. They can, in fact, have a multiplication effect where we grow off the back end of them because God will do what God does, as he says in Romans 8, that he will cause all things to work together for good for those who love him and accord according to his purposes even your disagreements God can take and use for good God will bring growth expansion multiplication it's an amazing thing to consider that out of this place of disagreement came a multiplication of the work of God because they had a full measure of grace and truth and they weren't distracted but they took the opportunity. Here's a question. I love for us, uh, this is a great question. What is the God opportunity in this disagreement? Like right in the middle of your disagreement right now, like what's the God opportunity? Is it an opportunity to grow? Is it an opportunity to learn? Is it an opportunity to heal from some stuff? Is it an opportunity to get help? Is it an opportunity to break through into a whole nother level that God has for you? Is it an opportunity to step beyond and go further? Is it an opportunity to multiply potential outcomes and potential opportunities? What is the God opportunity in the midst of your disagreement? Because it's always there. It's always there. Friends, as we finish, as we come to a close, I want to remind us we're not always going to agree. But when we find ourselves in that place of disagreement or dispute, let's be the church that endeavors to pursue grace and truth. Let's be the church that doesn't get distracted, but stays set on the mission and the call that God has upon us. And let's, be, let's keep the main thing the main thing. And let's be a church that sees the God opportunities in every situation. I'd love to pray for you, friends. Can you pray with me just wherever you are? Just bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. You're in your watch party, at home, on your own. I know it's easy just to look at the screen at this point in time, but I believe in the power of prayer. We're rounding off 21 days of prayer today, and I believe in the power of prayer. I believe God wants to speak to you and minister to you right now. So why don't you join with me as we pray? God of heaven, I thank you for an amazing church. And I pray that in all of us, in our interactions, and in our disagreements, in our disputes, that we'd be the people that find in the midst of it your beautiful truth. Father, I pray for all of us that we would show a full measure of grace and truth. And if we haven't been, Lord, help us to do so. Father, I pray that we would be a people that even in our disagreements don't get distracted, but, but understand what the main thing is. Lord, as your word says, not to pass judgment on disputable matters. Lord, Lord, let's 
Let's agree on the essentials. Help us to agree on them. Help us to keep the main thing the main thing so that even in our disagreements, we can still have purpose and mission. And if anyone, Lord, has been distracted by disagreement and has gone off mission, that has gone off call, that has now found that the disagreement is now their purpose, I pray, oh God, for a divine alignment to come by the power of your Holy Spirit to set us back on the call you have for us. And Lord, I pray that you would help us as a church to always see and find the God opportunity in everything. Help us in our disagreements to grow, to learn, to be better, and to see a multiplication effect of your kingdom at work in us. Friends, I'd love to pray for one more group of people. I'd love to pray for you today if you're here watching online, if you're in a watch party, but you don't know Jesus, or maybe today you, you'll be honest and say, Steve, my life is actually just far from God. I'm, I, I've been a Christian before. I've grown up in church. I'm, I'm, I'm in small group every week, but the honest truth is I'm actually far from God, and I need to get right with Him today. I really believe as, I, as we're worshiping today in the service, I really felt there's some here watching today that this is a day of renewal for you to get your life back on track with God. You know what you need to do and today is your day. You're sitting there, you're almost on the fence with it. You're thinking, do I, don't I? This is, this is a word for you. Do it. Get back in track with God. Get back. You've been looking for life. Here it is. His name is Jesus. The way, the truth and the life. And I want to invite you friends to, to make that decision right now to put your life into the hands of God. God loves you. God made you. He has a great plan for your life. We all mess up. We all fall short of God's standard. The Bible calls that sin. Our sin, it separates us from God and the payment for our sin is death. So God sent His only Son, Jesus, to a cross. And when He died on that cross, He paid the debt of sin that you and I were due. He conquered death and the grave and rose again to new life and He extends to each of us brand new life in Him, being born again by the Spirit of God. God's got a plan for your life. He wants to lead you in it. And then, friends, there's a great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. This life is not the end of the story. God has eternity for you. And if you want to get right with God today, if you want to know the life-giving power of Jesus, this is your moment right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'll pray it. You pray it. You pray it in your heart. You pray it out loud, however you want to pray it. But I want to encourage you to pray it. This is the most life-changing moment of your life. Are you ready? Just say these words. Say, God, today, right here and right now, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. But I believe that, Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old life and I turn to you. I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. I choose from this moment to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer right now, I want to tell you that is the greatest decision you could ever make, most amazing thing you could ever do, and I'm incredibly proud of you. And right now, coming up in the chat, there is a button that says, I raise my hand. If you just prayed that prayer, either for the very first time or you're praying it for the 15th time, I don't care, push that button. We want to know, we want to celebrate with you. It's a little step of faith that's saying, you know what, Steve, count me in. I, I prayed that prayer. If you are on Facebook, on, uh, online on Facebook, there's a link that says count me in. Click that. It'll take you to a, a connect card. We want to help you on your journey. So if you prayed that prayer, and I know there were some people today, I want you to do that. Push that 
button. We would love to help you on your journey, however that looks, whatever that looks like. If you don't have a Bible, we want to get you a Bible. If you need some help getting started, we want to help you get started. But I want to thank you so much. That, that one person, two people, Thank you guys, you're absolutely amazing. Those two people that just pushed that button took a step of faith saying, you know what, I'm gonna give my life to Jesus today. It's unreal, it's unbelievable. Three people, congratulations, well done. Well done those watching, four people, come on. How good, how good is God? God has got a call upon your life, every single one of you. God loves you. This is your moment, this is your day. You're gonna look back in years to come going, that was the moment that God touched my life, God transformed my life, and we're so incredibly proud of you. God bless you, congratulations, well done. We are so, so proud of you. Come on, friends, in the chat, why don't we do a big congratulations, put your hands together, congratulate those people, come on. How good is that? Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.